This week's episode contains sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome to Season 2 of the Adopted Brothers Podcast. This season we will be sharing stories that will make you laugh, cry, but most of all be encouraged. Let's get started. Welcome to the Adopted Brothers Podcast. I'm Craig. And this is Gerald. And... Just like last week, we were talking to Glenn and Debbie about foster care. In this episode, we're talking to them about adoption. So it's good to have you guys back with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We, How uh, did you guys get into adoption? Was it just through foster care or was that on your heart be even before you got all the way through foster care? And so we had three Native Americans. Um, the Lord just started laying it on our heart. We started thinking about adopting these three and what that we already have our own five. And by then we had some that were already off to college, but yeah, we were seriously considering these three and just wondering what that would look like. And is this really you Lord, or is this just me wanting to trying to figure it out? You know, we want to do what the Lord wants us to do. And and uh, the three actually did go, they had two siblings up north of here, and they went and lived with them, court appointed. And so it was the two that we got after that, that we ended up adopting. Two little brothers, two and four, when we got them. And dad had died of a drug overdose. And Mom was doing drugs and could not take care of the boys, and they were in a, a hotel or a motel. And the four-year-old was having to keep up with the try and keep up with the two-year-old because mom was passed out in the bed. And so, yeah, they finally, in the middle of the night, 2:30 in the morning, they brought us these gorgeous boys. And that that is one of the things that I think in at least in my heart, that you know, when you know that one of the parents is deceased or, 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 or maybe both of them, um, that always struck a chord with me. And that's, I remember that knowing that their father had passed, that that struck a chord with me for adoption. It, it meant that that was a good possibility. But we also wanted to give the siblings or the relatives of these two boys every opportunity to do whatever it would take to take them. So we had the foster people um, the social services yeah. yeah we wanted the parent we wanted we didn't want the parents coming back at us uh the grandparents mm -hmm. we wanted them to have first opportunity and the grandparents were told that they could adopt the boys they could take the boys if they would pass a drug test and they were like nope oh done nope we are nope we're just fine we, if they're adopted that should tell you a huge story about how drugs play a role in the lives of kids that are being destroyed. Nobody, no uncles, no aunts, no cousins, nobody in that whole family. And there were a few, quite a few would do drug tests, make sure they were clean enough to take these two boys. So they were still foster kids for two years before we got to adopt them. In the state of Colorado back then, I don't know if it's changed, but you had to, the kids, they tried to give the parents a year to get their act together before the kids went up for adoption. This one took two years. And we would take these precious little boys, we would take them into social services so they could visit with mom. 
And there were so many times that mom did not show up. Talk about breaking these little kids' hearts. Especially the older one. Yeah, well, yeah. The final straw was mom. So they, social services, we live 30 minutes away from social services. They would call us and say, okay, she's here. So you can come. And we would get down there and the kids would be playing around. Mom's sitting in a rocking chair. She's got a cup of yogurt in her hand and she passes out from the drugs in front of these two little guys. And so that was the final straw as far as them being adopted. Yeah. And so we adopted them. They got to go all the way. Well, one of them. Okay. I have to bring up an an instance that Debbie and I are keen on now after doing foster care. And we are convinced that when you take a child out of a mother's arms, anywhere from say, you know, nine months to two and a half years, uh, there, there's a there's a time in there where the children are very, very, very damaged, and they have tough time. Um, what's the word for bonding? It? Bonding with you. So that's Alex, our, our younger one. He uh, had trouble bonding, so we had troubles with him a lot. So anyway, going back to the school, we put them all through uh, private school. The older one is married now and has a child. And Alex has been through the tough side of it. He's the one that, you know, was taken out of his mom's arms at a young age. And he had trouble bonding. He had trouble accepting us. He had trouble with siblings. Uh, He fought so many things in life because of the deep-seated insecurity, I think, in his life. And um, so he bucked a lot of it. But I think we're turning a corner with him now. He is 20, what, three now? Yep, just turned 23. And, um, you know, he's been into the drugs. He's been into multiple things like that. And he's uh, finally turning a corner and and straightening it out. And we can see the light ahead now for him. Yes, yeah. He uh, got his GED. I I said that on the heels of putting them through private school. We did, but... Alex refused. He did not want to go to school, uh, even even in his junior high and stuff. You know, he just bucked everything. But he did get his GED, and we got the certificate about two weeks ago, and uh, just thrilled for him. It's Uh, uh, so even when he was little, like I think he was four or five years old, he says, "I wish I was with my other foster mom." Well, we're the only foster parents. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. So it falls back to me. Yeah. So, so you can... want to be with me is what you're saying. <laughs> and it was amazing. What You know, what's really amazing is how much our family loved these two kids. All of our five kids loved these two as if they were biological brothers. And they still do today. Yeah. They didn't just get adopted by two parents. They got adopted by five other kids, too. That speaks to how they were raised by you guys. So we all had our ups and downs with each one of them. You know, the decision process as to where to go and school and various things like that. But uh, all in all, they're they're turning out well. And uh, we just thank God for that. And there's no guarantee, you know, even with your own biological kids, there's no guarantee that they're, it's going to be all trouble free and, you know, just a slam dunk. Yeah. It's not all and, sunshine and roses. Right, right. 
And so it can be the same way with taking the kids, you know, bringing them into your home and loving them and, and giving them as much love as you can and trying to do the right things for them. And, and you kind of have to wait it out sometimes for them to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We had what two other boys after these two, right? At the same time we had, we had a, a couple of boys their story was heart-wrenching. They had been taken away from their mom and dad. And then social services found out that, oh, dad's living with a woman who's got four kids. He's raising her four kids. Well, wow. and they had had a child together. So there was five. Well, if they can do that, then he should try you know, getting his other two back. And so they let... These two that we'd had for two years, they let them go to his house for a week. And it was scary. The five-year-old that we had and the five-year-old that they had started a fire in the basement in a recliner with a newborn. I mean, with, you know, five kids in the house. Yeah. And boy, did they kick those kids right back to us that fast. Yeah. So that was one of the other foster parent heart-wrenching stories that these two boys who had been put into foster care had a glimmer of hope that they could possibly go back to their father and he took them back and then had rejected them a second time. So it was just heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching to see it. The count, Their countenance just changed. And a, a, a young couple, uh, I would say a very naive couple, decided to adopt these two and uh, they did. Yeah, and we'd, we, we'd love to hear how they turned out, yeah. you know. We gave them a lot of warnings just because we knew so much damage had been done. Uh, we did. You, you don't know how they're going to react, but uh, so that was a real heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching story. Yeah, and, and they also, at the time, kind of knew that we were going to adopt, and so that hurt. hurt right, more, deep. yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's funny, as, as hard as it was to raise this last, the last one that we adopted, these two brothers, the youngest one, he was really, he was tough. But we had so many good times. And that's all the way through all of these kids that we've ever had. We have so many good times together, so many good laughs together, so many loving moments and then there's those hard times that, again, you're on your knees and you're praying and praying and praying that God's going to get you through it. And he does. Yeah. And your hope goes up and your hope goes down, gets dashed and yeah. then rises again. And so right now things are on the up for him. Well, that's good. <laughs> awesome. So that's yeah, good. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I wish I wish people would. Think about, pray about adopting. Yeah. Not everybody. It's not for everybody. But I, I hear so many stories. Oh, I could never do that. Yeah, that is the biggest fallacy because we were that couple too. We really couldn't have done it. But you get in there, you begin, you start, and you learn. You learn. It is such so much to learn. And, and yeah, and you're challenged and you're tested and and God is with you. And I, and I love how you said that too. Just um, if every Sunday for everybody to be, you know, to have the heart you guys have and do the things you guys did. Cause once again, 
it is certain people because you guys are beyond strong and you guys, I mean, wisdom and all, and all the things that like you had to be tested. You had to be broken down to be able to get that. It's not something that was given. You earned it. And, and with that being said, I just want to say that even if you can't adopt, you can still be part of it. So know just our listeners that if you can't be in it, you know, adopt a family or do something, there's a million things you can do that I know that our last list or our last uh, person we had on Erica, she was just explaining that of just being a friend, helping taking kids to 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 places, just being that person to, to alleviate that weight sometime. So just because you can't do that, praying and, and there's all the other things you can jump on to help. No, you're very true that, you know, in you're saying that it brought to mind, I come from a family of eight and my, like I said, my mom took in a couple of kids, but I remember her being so busy with eight kids, you know, she couldn't cover all the children. And we had an aunt, my aunt that was very special and she would come by and, and take a few of us away, take us to Dairy Queen or whatever. She did those things and I will never forget her for it. Yeah, you are so right in what you said. There are multiple ways of helping. And that's the thing, too, is like if you think that you can't adopt, you can still help out maybe an adoption agency. You can still do things to help them out. Right. Or donate money or your time to adoption organizations to help fill that gap, too. Yes. Right. Yes. Do you know? So the two boys we adopted came with nothing the little the youngest had one shoe he didn't even come with a pair of shoes he had one shoe most of them if they come with anything they come with it in a Safeway bag yeah that's all they own in a Safeway bag that's it so there's another aspect of adopting that comes into play and that's later on in life so we had these boys from two and four till they were 18 and uh the mother kept track of that and she knew when the oldest one turned 18 she got in touch with him Mm -hmm. and then when the second one turned 18 she got in touch with him and then that opens up a whole nother thing you want them to know where they came from that's fine that's good but you don't know what that person's motivations are and we've had to go around with her a little bit on things And uh, she said some things to our oldest that... Well, because, you know, a lot of parents, um, a lot of people justify their actions. And so she was lying about everything that Ricky, when he was adopted at four, he was actually adopted. He was six, I think, when he was adopted. But he remembers. And so mom was lying about this. Mom was lying about that. All of these things to try and make herself look good. And he started pulling away and she was like, wow, I should have aborted you when I had the chance. That That's cold hearted. Cold hearted in a long text. You yeah. know, she sent that to him. So he is not really in communication with her because of that. Yeah. But the younger one, Alex, is still. A little bit. I think yeah. he sees. But he sees what's going on too. And it's tragic, you know. She's lived a whole life of 30 some years of drug abuse, lost her two children. And a lot of people who go through that and they get cleaned up at some point, they think that God is going to return everything and it's there's no, no price to pay. Everything will be perfect again. 
and getting to know them again would be great. But to undermine things and to think that everything is going to be as though it never happened is not going to happen. The things you've done in life that are big like that are permanent. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a powerful story, Glenn, just because I'm in that right now with just my adoption of I just got in contact with my biological mom probably five years. Ooh, ago. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, big thing happened with her, you know, um, all that stuff that I said in my podcast. But um, it's the same thing. We just it's boundaries. It's it's getting that I was barely able just to start texting with her and like texting back. And, you know, like you said, it's the thing's still there. But it's like you you can get the time with me and you can build it up and you can be willing to take that as the blessing and take that as redemption right. of you getting that time with me. But don't think it's just a snap of a finger and I'm calling your mom and we're back to like everything's normal. Absolutely. <laughs> well said. For this, for these boys, mom, I think it was what it's probably been a maybe maybe close nine months, something like that. Mom was driving him without a driver's license on meth, ended up getting in a car wreck and breaking both legs. So she's still, she's still doing the dysfunctional things that she did 23 years ago. When she lost the boys. That's, That's sad to hear. Yeah. So you can also understand our, our fear for one of them, uh, getting into drugs too you know yeah. you don't want them to go down that same path and have that much heartache and pain in life happen to you so when the mom did get in touch with us she did get in touch with us before or, or shortly thereafter she made contact with the oldest when he the turned 18 one. and we met her and for dinner and uh just gave her the we didn't give her the what fours we just really you know yeah we understand you want to do this and that's fine but you need to understand that we've raised them. It's, you know, they're very important to us. And if you would just be cautious, be careful. Go slow. Be considerate and go slow. But she didn't. Yeah. And so she lost the the older one's favor that she could have had. Yeah. So that is another aspect of adoption, by the way. If you adopt from somebody who is living, that there is probably going to be that contact later on. Yeah. That uh, you as an adoptive parent have to kind of be ready for and be open to. And um, hopefully it'll all go really nice. That's the ultimate game, you know, to have people getting along. Yeah. Yes. In spite of your circumstances. And we do. We we actually care about this mom, yep. this biological mom. But there's only so much you can do when somebody's unwilling to put any effort in themselves. Yeah. yeah. It has to be like a two-way street. You guys put in the effort. She needs to put in the effort. And yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, put in the effort for those boys. Right. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for those boys to have that relationship that you think you want. Then you need to put in that time and effort for that. Right. A lot of these parents are so self-centered with doing foster care, we saw a lot of parents who would turn around and get pregnant. They'd lose, you know, the kids and they'd turn around and get pregnant, hoping to take their place of the ones they lost. Yeah. Yeah. Such tough, tough stories, tough place to be in. We're seeing a lot of couples nowadays, or at least I'm taking notice of them, that the dads don't want to, uh, they want to have children with a, a woman. 
they would just as soon live with them, but they do not want to get married. And it's something that our government has kind of like tolerated. So the man doesn't have to be that responsible because the, the government will cover everything for this mother and her children. And so I'm seeing a lot more families like that nowadays where dad's kind of there, but he's kind of not there. Uh, mom's all in. She's taking care of the kids and she's getting all this uh, uh, money and support from from the government. And uh, but the dad, uh, he doesn't have to be involved. He doesn't have to strive for a better job and work harder and longer hours or whatever it might take. So it's really making uh, men weak. I'm seeing that a lot now. It makes our society weak. Yes. We need strong, godly men. These kids need to see their dads. Yes. Working failing and getting back up again yeah exactly so we we had a rental and we had people like that and it was really sad to see mom did everything mom took care of kids mom worked worked nights and and dad just did the very minimal minimal job. amount that he could yeah and uh, get away with it yeah sad to say but you know the system has been set up to tolerate that yeah and it it it, it shouldn't well, I want to thank you guys for sharing your stories about foster care and adoption. Thank you for being willing and open and honest about it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. If we can encourage anybody to do it. I would say to somebody to jump in and do it. You don't, you have no idea. It may be tough, but once you've gotten in there and learned some things, it's worth the effort. Yeah. Well, thank you again, guys. You're sure. welcome. Yeah, thank you, guys. You're I'll welcome, Craig. Um, thank you, Jesus, again, uh, for all you do for us. We just want to thank you for Glenn and Debbie for coming on our show today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we just want to thank you for Craig as well. Put your name on high. We just want to thank you for their story, their testimony. Um, we just ask you that it reaches the hearts that needs to be reached. We ask you for people that are that don't really know about adoption, they just, you know, find that person or find that something that triggers their heart to start to want to be a part of it. Um, just so the more people we can get in it, the, the more children we can save and children we can help yes. and point towards you, because that's the yes. main goal is is to have them uh, know the true father and know that the, the, the overpouring love and, and the, the grace and the goodness that you show for us. And through people as you've shown Glenn and Debbie that they're wonderful amazing people and through you I mean they're they're unbelievable so I just want to really put your name on high Jesus for everything you do for us I want to thank you for uh, for Glenn and Debbie and myself again and we just want to thank you for the kids that they spoke about and we just want them to be blessed and put your hand on all of them Yes. And we just want you to, to, to guide their lives and have that trigger in the heart that remembers the times they had with Glenn and, Glenn and Debbie and the times that they had that they were showed love and grace and peace. And once again, we just put your name on high, Jesus, in your powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to Adopted Brothers Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate, like, and share. And
Let's go.